Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp. I'm an ex-tech consultant turned career coach, podcaster, and speaker helping Christians discern their unique calling and create a career that's aligned with it. Also, you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Here at Answer the Call, we gather around a new topic each Tuesday to help you gain clarity and confidence on what you're specifically called to do with your career, as well as sharing smart strategies to help you get there. Today, you get the absolute joy of hearing the insane, inspiring story of how Elizabeth Smith heard and obeyed God's very surprising calling to uproot her life in Wisconsin so she could move halfway across the world to Jakarta, Indonesia for an incredible job, even though it was one that she was technically really underqualified for but responded to the call to apply for it anyway, and God opened that door. You just have to hear the story, so keep on listening. Um, But friends, you are going to be learning a thing or 10 or 20 about what it means to embrace faith, pray insanely bold prayers, and lean on God to make the way. Elizabeth's story reminds me so much of this quote that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So I hope that you enjoy listening to my conversation with this ray of sunshine incarnate, who is truly such a joy um, to just get to speak with and hear from, and whose story truly testifies to the fact that we serve a God who does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So listen to the end. I can't wait to hear what you think. Elizabeth, I am so grateful and excited to have you here in this uh, Zoom meeting, although you are currently in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I'm in Austin, Texas, and I just am constantly in awe of this day and age that we live in where we get to do that and record something called a podcast and publish it to the internet. But I'm so grateful to be here with you. Very excited to dig into your story of how you came to be doing what you're doing now. And yeah, wow. Okay, then why don't we just like get into it instead of uh, continuing to listen to me spew out words. I think that it's your turn to talk. So just uh, why don't you go ahead and just share like a little blurb about what you're up to in Jakarta. Oh, thank you, Kelsey. I'm so encouraged to be here. But um, yeah, so I currently live in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I've lived here for almost two years now. Um, And I'm currently working as a first grade teacher at an international school here. Uh, And it's actually the same international school that I was once a student at. So it's really cool that I was once a first grade student at the school and now I've come back and worked here as a teacher. So uh, I really love my job. I love being a teacher. Uh, I really like working with small kids and Um, I never thought that I was going to be a teacher, actually. I never thought that I was going to move all the way here and and become a teacher, but it's really amazing to see what God can do and um, how he can put dreams in our hearts that we never thought we had, and so I just feel really grateful to be here. I love it here. It's become my home, and yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. There's just something about full circle moments that satisfy the heart like 
not many other things can. Uh, you coming back as from first grade student to first grade teacher now in the same school. Um, and I'm so excited to hear about how all of those unexpected dreams came to be that God planted in your heart almost as little surprises, uh, but now brought you to this place where you have this beaming smile that I'm sad that podcast listeners don't get to see. Uh, but I'm so excited to dig into that. So background though, you were, you grew up at least a little bit in Indonesia, but then you came to the West. So take us through that journey a little bit? Like why, how did the States come into all of this? Okay, so um, my mom is Indonesian and Dutch, and then my dad is American. So I, um, my siblings and I were all born in Indonesia and uh, I lived there until the first grade. And around that time, 9-11 happened. And it was a huge scare because uh, my dad was also working um, for some people that were in the government here and they had advised him to go back to the states just for safety reasons and uh my grandparents like their health um, wasn't doing so well and so my family just felt like now is the time for us to go back to america um just in light of everything that was going on and so we ended up moving to the united states and that was a huge change for me i feel like i had spent you know the first couple years of my life in Indonesia and that was my first language and I had visited the states like back and forth a lot when I was younger uh, but I I remember it just being like oh it's like a holiday it's a vacation and now my family was permanently going to move there and it was a really hard transition actually because for one uh, I actually couldn't speak English when I first moved I understood English and I understood when people were talking to me but I had to learn a new language and it was really hard because I moved in the middle of the year and I moved from, you know, from Asia to now like a completely different neighborhood where there were no Asians and I was the only one at my school. Um, and it was, it was just a really difficult transition. Uh, and so I, but then I spent the rest of my like elementary school, middle school, high school, and then college here in the United States. Um, but when I was in college, I actually visited Indonesia a few times uh, for things like internships and uh, just to go with my best friends, just to visit. And I really loved it here. I fell in love with it. And uh, I told myself, you know, I'm just going to start praying that I can move to Indonesia because I feel like this is a dream that God has put on my heart. Uh, and I thought, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, I don't think I'll ever go back to Indonesia. I really love the United States. This is where all my friends are. My family is here. Why would I ever want to go to the other side of the world? That just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, yeah pretty crazy. So I'm just curious. This is like a little maybe aside. What were those prayers like when you realized that you started to have this spark of a desire to go back to Indonesia. What was your prayer life like with God? Was it like, I'm really desiring this? Would you make it happen? Or like, is this really real? I don't know. I'm always curious what those conversations with God are like in the surrendering process is like for other people. Wow. Oh, I love that question because I I think my prayer life was really what transformed, I think, my heart towards going to Indonesia. Um, 
and through the people that God placed in my life. So actually one of my best friends, Haley Glenn, <laughs> which you yes. also know. You also love know. Haley. <laughs> um, yes, she's the best. I love her. And it's really interesting because uh, there was one time in, uh, one time throughout, um, actually in high school where my whole family had gone to Indonesia for a vacation and I hated it. I was like, <laughs> I had the worst time. I was like, I was sick every single day. We were here for like a month. It was everything about it was like, no way. I would never move back here ever. Um, because when I was a kid, I had, like, yeah, I had like really happy memories here when I was a kid, but then I moved to America and I was, I had a very comfortable lifestyle. And then even visiting in high school, I was like, oh my goodness, you could never pay me enough money to move here. Like that would never happen. Um, and so I told myself, I was like, that's it. Like I'm staying in America forever. Um, but then in college, I had actually, you know, Haley had actually talked to me about, hey, I really want to go to Indonesia. There's like a really great, uh, you know, nonprofit organization there called Hope Worldwide. And I would really love to be able to like serve uh, the community there and learn about the culture there. Um, Elizabeth, we should go. And I was thinking, oh, absolutely not. I do not want to go. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, the last time I was there, I had a horrible time. I was sick all the time. It was not my ideal place to be. No way. And so I thought Haley was just really excited about the idea. So I was like, oh, I'll just let her be excited about it. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to make any plans on going there. Well, she would just, she just kept calling me. Like she'd like text me about it. She kept calling me like, Hey, let's go. Like, let's raise money. Like, and so like, why don't we pick up extra shifts at our job so we can like save more money towards this trip. And I was like, Oh, Haley, like, I don't know if I could, like, I just kept coming up with all these excuses because I really didn't want to go. Um, but I think of like, uh, the persistent widow and like, how like sometimes when you're persistent, like something can come out of it, right? And so uh, she was very persistent and I was like, okay, like, like, okay, we're doing this. And so we, I remember it was like New Year's Day and we bought our plane tickets and then we went to Indonesia. And I, it was such a different experience um, because we went there to serve. And I think my heart was really softened because I realized, wow, I've, I've lived a very comfortable lifestyle in America and I've just become so ungrateful towards a lot of different things. Um, and my perspective has just become very worldly. And uh, I got to like serve alongside one of my best friends and I got to uh, be part of a culture that I had grown up in that I didn't really know much about because I had been so sheltered um, in the States. And it was really interesting because I was like, I feel like I need to move here. Like, I just feel like I have to come back. And during that time, I, uh, Haley and I also got to visit uh, Singapore, which is like a nearby country, um, and the church there. And I was completely blown away. I was like, whoa, there's something about, I just, I love the, the people here. I love the disciples that are here. I like their love for God is just, it blows my mind. And it was so cool to see people that, you know, they were, they were doing all these great things for God, 
um, in like whether it was their career or you know whatever it might be and they were still like doing great things for the church as well so I was like whoa like this is amazing um, and so I remember thinking like I just need to go back like I need to go back the next summer and so I prayed and I was like God like I really want to go back to Indonesia but I don't know how um, and I was like I just really want to learn like I really just want to learn and grow so I knew someone in Singapore and so I texted them and I asked for an internship and there was no internship, but I just asked her one. So I was like, there's no harm in asking. The worst you can get is a no. Okay. So, wow. I'm so inspired. This is the kind of thing that changes people's lives. Like if only you were just willing to ask and you did. So I really, really admire that quality and you side note, what kind of internship were you, did you have in mind or were you asking about? Yeah, so this internship was actually through like uh, a campus ministry in Singapore. So it's a lot of people that are just, yeah, just a bunch of college students. Um, but these are some of like the, uh, how should I say it? Uh, very, very prestigious universities in Singapore. And Singapore is known for their education system. And it can be a little bit crazy, but they have one of the best education systems in the world. Um, and so I asked for an internship and I got to go and they like just gave me an internship and that's like a whole nother story within itself. But, um, it was really cool just to be able to be in Singapore and to, to learn from the churches there. And, uh, that same summer, I also went back to Jakarta and, uh, did some things with Hope Worldwide as well. Uh, the nonprofit that I was talking about earlier. And it was really interesting because it was during that time when my decision was really had been like solidified because I think I knew I wanted to go but I was kind of going back and forth and this is where like my prayer life really started to come in um, but during this time I started reading this book uh, by Mark Templer called The Prayer of the Righteous and it's one of my favorite books of all time if you ever get a chance to read it you definitely have to because it completely changed my prayer life and I was reading that book um, while reading through the book of John and I feel like those two things combined really were like, it just helped me so much. Um, but in this book, uh, The Prayer of the Righteous, it talks about prayers that where you just get down on your hands and knees. And so I remember like while I was on this internship in Singapore, it was my junior year of college. And I knew, okay, I have one more year of college and then I need to get a job and, and I either will stay in the States or I'll go to Indonesia. Um, and so I started praying on my hands and knees every single day. And I had this little post-it note that I kept above my bed to remind me to pray for this dream every single night. And, uh, I just kept praying and praying and praying. And the coolest part is that, uh, I started applying for jobs my senior year of college. So after my time in Singapore ended, I went back to the States and I immediately started applying for jobs. Um, but not just for jobs in Indonesia, I started applying for jobs all over the world. Cause I was like, you know what, let's just see what God can do. Who knows what doors he'll open. Uh, and so I applied for jobs everywhere, like Dubai, Korea, South America, like anywhere and everywhere that there was an international school. Um, because you know, I was in school to become a teacher mm. and, and then for the job in Jakarta and Kelsey, <laughs> The craziest part is that I got rejected from every single one of these jobs. Like I applied to like 25 to 30 places and all of them needed like a minimum of five years of teaching experience before working at an international school. Because um, when you work for an international school, a lot of them are like, 
uh, kind of like IB or Cambridge programs, which are very competitive programs and very hard, challenging like education systems to be in. Um, and so I was like, oh man, like, do I need to spend like five years in the States before I can teach internationally? And um, I had, you know, I'd been in an I had been a student at an international school before, so I knew that that was the kind of school that I had wanted to like work in. Um, and the only school that offered me a job was the one that I had applied for in Indonesia. And that's when I knew, I was like, this is God making it so clear that this is where I need to be. And it's crazy because at the same school, you need a minimum of like five years of teaching experience. Um, but I really believe that yeah, God is so kind, and uh, it's really cool because I feel like my my like my miracle story is, um, you know, like I had shared earlier. Okay, I had gotten down on my hands and knees like every night to pray for this job, um, and even though like I had applied everywhere, I think in my heart I knew I just wanted to be in Indonesia. Like that was my number one spot, so I was praying. Like I'd pray sometimes multiple times a day, and there was one night where I remember like I had prayed before I went to bed, and then I woke up in the middle of the night at like four in the morning. And I never do that because I, I like sleep. <laughs> no, yes. I don't want to be interrupted from my sleep. But I woke up in the middle of the night around I think three or 4 a.m. And in my heart, I was like, I think I got accepted for a job in Indonesia. Like, I think I did. And I opened up my email and sure enough, no. there was an acceptance letter. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dang it, now you're making me cry. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that when I'm supposed to be asking questions. Oh my gosh. But praise Jesus. I, huh. Okay, wow. Now I'm just getting overwhelmed. But here's the thing. It, finding what you are called to do amidst the insane amount of variables that even the average person experiences, much more you who were applying for jobs all over the world, um, it could be such a confusing process, but I think that a part of God's insane graciousness and hand in your life was being so good to shut all those doors to make it clear when this could have potentially been the most overwhelming process of all time. And I just, I can't help but think that was such a fruit of your prayers. Um, oh, wow. That's crazy. Um I'm curious, maybe this is backing up quite a bit, but how did you decide to pursue teaching in the first place? Yeah, so I, you know, I went through like a few different periods in my life where when I was really little, I was like, oh, I want to become a teacher. But then throughout, I'd say like middle school, high school, I was like, oh, I don't really know if that's something that I want to pursue. Um, it just was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, uh, I, I feel like there are other things that I want to kind of explore or things that I was thinking about. Um, and it was crazy because I, um, I, whenever I would like volunteer, like my growing up, my mom would, uh, kind of teach me a lot about, uh, what it meant to like serve the community and serve the poor and how that's a lot of like Jesus's ministry and who he surrounded himself with. And uh, I remember any time that I would spend time with children, whether it was like I would help out like at an after school program or something, I was like, wow, this is actually something that I really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I decided to become a teacher because I realized that uh, teaching actually is a way to serve and glorify God um, because you get to love and serve children. And 
Um, it's really interesting because when I was on these like trips that I went on, like these volunteer cores and things through Hope, uh, I my eyes were opened a little bit because I kind of always thought, oh, I either have to choose a career or I have to choose and to like serve God and do something ministry wise. Yeah. And I, part of me was like torn. So I was like, why can't you just do both? Like, I really love both. Like I really want to be a teacher, but then like, what if there's things in ministry or like, and what about like, uh, I just, I was really, really torn. Um, but when I went on these like volunteer cores, I, my eyes were opened. Um, and I felt like my heart was really softened because I felt like for the first time in my life, I got to see how, I can use my career as a way to glorify God. Um, and my career is a way to serve God and my career is a way to serve other people. Um, and I love how Jesus, you know, when he was asked like, okay, what's the greatest commandment? He says, okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so how can I love God and love people? Like I can do that through my job. Uh, and it's been really interesting because I feel like as a teacher, I learn a lot about what it means to have like obviously a childlike heart. Um, but there's a reason why Jesus says, okay, let the little children come to me. Uh, I feel like working with kids has taught me a lot about what it means to have a soft heart, what it means to have a pure heart, uh, and what it means to just be excited um, about God. Because I feel like kids just get excited about random things, little things. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, God wants us to feel the same way towards him. And I feel like children are so trusting and they also have a heart of gratitude. Um, and I feel like that has taught me a lot about my relationship with God and how with God, I, I can always trust him, uh, because he's a perfect father and I never have to doubt his words. And also I, you know, I can just, it's fun. Like just in, don't take life too seriously, but enjoy what God has given, enjoy what God, uh, has done in your life. And so I feel like teaching has really shown me a lot about, uh, what it means to have a relationship with God. Uh, and how I can really just use my career as a way to glorify him through that. So, yeah. Amen and amen. Oh, I, I just love how evident your joyful spirit is and all the ways that you were talking about what the kids have shown you in terms of their pure and Christ-like nature uh, and just joyfulness. I feel like you just personify that so much and reflect that right back to them. Um, another thing that really stood out to me as you were describing this journey to discovering your calling to Indonesia and teaching was your willingness to apply for jobs that had requirements that you didn't meet, like five plus years of experience. That is not something to be looked over or... Um, taken for granted the boldness that you had to apply for those jobs anyway just because many things but one statistically speaking women typically don't apply for jobs that they don't meet 100% of the requirements for whereas men will typically apply if they meet at up to 60% um, and so this willingness to go out on a limb how did you, and I'm not, I hate kind of bringing up the gender thing. Um, it's, I, I'm not meaning to like call out women or anything. I just hope that 
we could learn from your spirit in this and willingness to go out there and apply and have faith when you feel drawn to a position that you don't have to meet all of the LinkedIn job posting (laughs) bullet points. So how did you decide to push through that? And what was the mindset that you had that gave you the boldness to hit apply when you knew that the odds were stacked against you? Wow. I I love that question. I think uh, number one, faith. You have to have faith. And uh, growing up, my dad uh, always told me that when you want to do great things for God, that he will bless. And uh, it's really interesting because kind of backtracking a little bit, my dad, before he moved to Indonesia, um, he had applied to a bunch of different things as well. And he got rejected from every single one. (laughs) But then the only door that opened was Indonesia. So it was like, Again. So cool. yes, it's like, like a re- generational thing. <laughs> yes. So I feel like God has made it so clear that that's where I need to be. But um, so my favorite scripture, and I feel like my friends sometimes laugh at me because they're like, every time the scripture is read, they'll like, they'll be like, oh, this is Elizabeth's favorite scripture. Like, and they'll, they'll tease me for it. But uh, yeah, Ephesians 3.20 is a scripture that um, means so much to me. You know how like there are scriptures or passages in the Bible that can just make you cry? Yep. Like Ephesians 3.20, it says, um, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And I think about that and I'm like, wow, we serve a God that can do more than we can even imagine. Like if we can imagine it, God can do more than that. And I'm reminded of all the people in the Bible that took leaps of faith. Why? Because we serve a trustworthy God. We never have to doubt or question who God is. And I think that when it comes to being bold, it's not having confidence in myself or what I can do. It's about having confidence in the God that where nothing is impossible for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was applying to all these jobs, I was like, you know, the worst answer that I can get is no. And if it's no, it's because God has something better planned for me. And I can trust that. Um, I mean, Romans eight twenty eight, like, you know, he's working for the good of those who love him. Like we can trust in God's promises and we know that whatever he says is true. Um, so yeah. So I think that's what really helped me a lot was just knowing that, um, there's nothing that I have to fear. There's nothing that I have to be afraid of. Why? Because God wants what's best. Um, and so was it hard to receive rejection letters? Absolutely. It's hard to, when someone says no, and then you, you question yourself and you're like, oh boy, like, did I do enough? Or am I not doing enough? But again, like you can always ask and the worst answer that you can get is no. And so just ask, you never know what the answer can be. Sometimes you can, you know, I mean, you can convince people sometimes you can, um, Sometimes the answer can be yes. You just never know until you try. So just go for it. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to like steep in that, that shape. I just think that's such a beautiful thing that happens with, in communing with other believers, that just the bolstering of faith in areas in which you're strong in it. I'm just reminded of the fact that one of the spiritual gifts that's lift, listed in the Bible is the gift of faith, which just seems so apparent in you. Um, and I know I'm just being built up so much in that. And I really hope that for the listeners as well. Um, and I'm specifically inspired to keep on um, 
pushing through with, with the things that I feel called to, like you felt called to um, not just teaching, but teaching at an international school and teaching abroad, um, knowing that you felt drawn to that, that because of course you wouldn't just say, you know, I'm going to test out my spiritual gift of faith and just like apply for a, um, like, I don't know, superintendent position or something that you're not, uh, that's like such a leap. You felt drawn to these positions and then had the faith to say, okay, even though I see that there's these requirements that they won't find in me right now, um, I'm going to apply. And so the feel, the things that I feel called to and the things that the listeners feel drawn to, um, I'm really inspired to have that faith that why don't I just apply? Why don't I just send the email? And if there's a no, then it's a no. But there's just, I think that practically speaking, there is such a marked difference in the lives of those who just ask and the ones that just don't <laughs> and assume that it's not going to happen. So thank you uh, for building us up in that way. I'm curious about what the transition process was like. So you, you got the job. You're like, all right, I'm going to go to Jakarta. What was it like saying goodbye to the States and settling in? Mm. Wow. Well, now this one might be a little bit harder to answer because, uh, yeah, I can't say that it's been easy. I think, um, I think moving and, you know, leaving family and friends is, it's one of the hardest decisions. And I think that was the one thing that was really holding me back from, from going. Um, but thankfully I have a, a really great group of, you know, friends and family that were very supportive. Um, in regards to the transition, I think that, you know, when you're taking a leap of faith, it really is a leap of faith. Like you don't really know what you're doing sometimes. Yeah. And you question a lot of things and sometimes you doubt yourself. You can oftentimes doubt your decision. Um, but that's when I really have to just pull closer, even closer to God. Like if you think, oh, I'm already, you know, I pray, I read my Bible. It's like, no, you have to have a deep relationship with God. Like your time in the word is so important every single day. I feel like if I, if I weren't dedicated to being in the word of God and praying, I don't think I would have like had such a smooth transition. Um, and I think another important thing is just having a great community. I feel like it's so important to be surrounded by people that are also uh, learning more about God, that are really seeking to have a deep relationship with him, that are also in the word, that are also people of prayer. And you want to be surrounded by a community that dreams big dreams and prays bold prayers. Like you want other people that will spur you on, you know, towards love and good deeds and yes. people that will uh, dream with you, people that will pray the bold prayers with you. And so I feel like my transition to Jakarta, of course, you know, not being around my best friends, around my family is very, very challenging. Uh, and it still is. Like there are still times when you just cry because you're like, oh, I miss home or I miss yeah. uh, the people that have meant so much to me. But I think it just shows you how important and valuable our personal times with God are um, and how valuable relationships are and communities are, um, especially like godly communities that lead you closer to God. Um, because it reminds you of, you know, what really is important that like this world that we live in is very temporary and uh, we're only here to, to love, serve and glorify God and then make it to our permanent home. So 
our permanent home. Gosh, wow, I haven't heard it said that way. Gosh, you're just slaying me like at every chance. <laughs> ah, so good. Um, I'm curious about what, if you have a picture of what it is, has God put a vision on your heart for your how your calling will progress and like what you feel called to do with your life? If so, what is that? Yeah, well, I definitely am a dreamer. Like I feel like yeah. I... I love to dream. I love to dream big dreams because again, nothing is impossible for God. We can we never have to limit God or what he can do. Um, but I definitely, I feel like someone asked me before, like, do you want to continue being a teacher? And I'm like, absolutely hundred percent. I don't want to, I don't see myself like changing my career because I really love my job and I wake up every morning and I'm excited to do what I do every single day and I know that a lot of people like are not excited to go to work yeah. but um I feel like I have a really fun job I get to work with small kids and like um do like glitter activities and play with play-doh and just it's just a lot of fun and so it, it definitely keeps me going um but I think my dream honestly right now is uh and this is a very simple dream, but it's just to be like, no matter where I'm at in life, like whether God keeps me in this career or he decides to shake things up and is like, okay, Elizabeth, I have something different for you, or you're going to do this or whatever. Like no matter what, no matter where I am, where I go or what he has me doing, I just want to be close to God. Cause I think it can be so easy to be wrapped up in, um, you know, what can I accomplish in my life? Like through my career, through what I do, like, how can I like, you know, it's okay to be, it's actually like, like, it's great to be successful. I think that's awesome. I think, you know, if God allows you to be very successful in your career, like, yes, amen. You can use that to glorify him. But no matter where God places you, like the most important thing is just to be as close to him as you possibly can. You know, I think the things this world can uh, distract us from what is truly important and what really matters. And so, yeah, pursue your dreams, pursue your goals, like pursue the things that, you know, maybe God has put on your heart, but, uh, always remember like where those things came from and why you have those things, you know, like I feel so grateful to be here in Indonesia. Like it really has been a dream come true, like an answered prayer, but I know that it came from God, like this, this job that required, you know, more years of experience didn't come from anything that I'd done or even the question that I asked or whatever, you know, me being bold. It's, it's from God. It's a gift from God. And I just want to treasure it as a gift mm. um, and to remember that. So, yeah, I think my dream is just to always be as close to God as I possibly can and just to, to love people. Um, because I think when we are focused on those two things and everything else honestly just follows. So, mm. yeah. That is so beautiful, and I would love to hear your thoughts on, for the people, like this was certainly me for quite some time in my life, and it might very much summarize where a listener is at right now, how, what do you recommend taking as the first steps when someone's thinking like well yes Elizabeth I want to be in that place where I'm just like God is the number one and I feel so close to him but what do you do to get on that path when you currently feel so far away 
Oh, that's a great question. I feel like all your questions are like amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I love them. I, oof, I think, um, you know, this past year, uh, 2019 has been one of the most difficult years for me uh, spiritually and in my relationship with God. And I, uh, I went through a lot of different things. I think um, I had uh, a close friend that uh, passed away. I, um, my dad and I were in a really, really severe car accident where, um, yeah, my dad actually wasn't able to walk for a while. Um, and I wasn't able to use my right arm. And so for a few months, I, now my dad is very healthy and he's walking oh, and everything's great. But for a huge part of 2019, like, uh, you know, I, like I was in and out of the hospital, emergency room, like all these different medications and um, just the physical therapy it took to move my fingers again and my arm. And I need my, my hands for my job, like to work with kids. Like I was nervous. I was like, am I going to be able to go back to work? Um, a lot of, um, I, I faced a lot of different, uh, like persecution, like at my job, um, a lot of just, I think a lot of friendships that just were uh, going through like really difficult things. And so, um, I can't share everything, but that's the part that I will share. And so, uh, 2019 was a really difficult year because I was like, God, this, I just feel so I'm like, where are you? Like, I'm praying, but like, I don't feel like you're really answering my prayers. Like, are you listening to me? Um, God, is this where you want me to be right now? Like, is this really, like, did you bring me? I felt like I was like one of the, the Israelites, like, God, you brought me all the way out here. Like, what for? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Elizabeth, like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I lost a lot of like confidence in um, who I was before God. And I was like, I felt like I had nothing left to give. I was just like running on empty, you know? Um, and I even like had close friends that, you know, decided to kind of like leave their relationship with God. And I was just like, Oh, like all these things kind of being thrown at me at once. Um, it's just so difficult. And and so I was like, where do I even start? Like, where do I even begin? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just, it starts with, uh, you know, there were times when I would just start to pray, but I would just cry because I didn't have any words. And just allowing yourself to be okay with that, that sometimes you just, you don't know what to do. You feel really lost and you start to pray, but then no words can come out of your mouth because you're just crying. And I kind of started with that, actually. That was where I started, was just attempting to pray when I was going through a really hard time with no words coming out and then just crying. And sometimes I would open up my Bible and I was still so discouraged at my life and I would just start crying. And it literally started from rock bottom. Like, yeah. it was so hard. Um, but I, the thing that I did not stop was I didn't stop going to the Word of God and I didn't stop praying. Even if I tried, like even if I was just attempting or trying, I didn't stop. And I think it was just like a little bit more and like a little bit more and a little bit more. And then my quiet times like started getting longer and my prayers, like I could actually speak words without me crying. Like it was just things were starting to come out. And um, I, you know, making sure that I was surrounded by a great community. I feel like 
I was so grateful for when I was at the very lowest points that I had people in my life that would uh, come over, that would send me cookies in the mail, that would send me flowers randomly to encourage me, like just people in your life that remind you of God's love because of the love that they showed you. Um, And I think just being really vulnerable, I feel like for myself, I have a really hard time being vulnerable. I have a really hard time being open with people about the things that I struggle with because sometimes I can feel like I just need to be perfect and just like have everything together. But I think something that I learned was that, okay, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And, you know, Jesus was like the ultimate example of humility and vulnerability. And, um, and he surrounded himself with a great community of people too. So, yeah, I think it's okay to feel like you have nothing left because I feel like that's when God really works. That you can see God working the most. I mean, the Bible is filled with imperfect people. Like a lot of them were far from God. And I mean, like David, like David was a murderer and an adulterer, and yet he was later called a man after God's own heart, a man after God's own heart. So yeah, I mean, look at Jesus's genealogy, like Rahab, Leah, like the sister that was not chosen, like God can use people that are not what, like not the greatest people in the world that maybe had made rough decisions that were at the lowest lows. God can use anyone to do great things for him. So Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's just such a ministry, honestly, to hear that instead of answering my question, like how to get close to God with honestly, like a invulnerable three-step program for like how to grow a relationship with God, like, I don't know, a Chia pet, you (laughs) said and explained, listen, I know I know that it could be difficult, yet he is still worth it in encouraging me and others to, even if you, if your heart feels stone cold and if you can't get words out, if you, if pain seems insurmountable, if doubts seem insurmountable, hold on to the glimmer of, I'd maybe best characterize it as faith of like your conscience testifying to the fact that there is a God that cares for you, even though it makes um, little sense sometimes. And holding on to that faith of a mustard seed that like he does care and is reaching out to you and is providing for you. Um, This goes along with something I was so encouraged with this week of hearing Actually, I think it was Audrey, our other mutual friend. Uh, she posted something on Instagram about um, really discovering what it meant when David said, I have everything I need. When he very much had, by the world's standards, almost nothing he needed. He was on the run for years from persecution and his life being threatened and in the desert and all these things. I have everything I need. That faith that God really is providing for you um, and is painting a future of hope, whether that's on earth or in your permanent home in heaven, that hope does exist and is there tangibly ready for you to take hold of. So I'm very, very overwhelmed with how much you've bolstered my faith in this conversation. I'm sure the faith of those who are listening, that's something I pray um, has happened. I am curious about, given all that you shared and the testimony 
that God has given you in your life and your experience of what it's like to discern what you're called to do and then follow it boldly. I'm curious just what last words of encouragement or any wisdom that you would like to share um, exhorting like the people listening and along their path to discerning what they're called to do with their life and going after it. I think to just remember to just always dream big dreams and pray bold prayers for God. I feel like sometimes we limit who God is and what he can do. And just knowing that nothing is impossible for him, like what he can do with your life, what he can do with your family, what he can do through your career. Uh, Like God wants to give his children good gifts. And oftentimes what we think is good is maybe different from what his definition is good. But just knowing that like the closer we are to God, the more aligned we are to what he has in store for us and more aligned to like his will and so off like it's so easy for us to think that oh I know what's right for me when really at the end of the day no God knows what's best for you and so yeah like pray really bold prayers like ask God for things and see what he does I feel like I wouldn't be here today were it not for I believe like the bold prayers that I ask like don't hold back you know I think sometimes we can hold back from asking God for the things that we want or desire. Um, And I mean, I, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Hannah because Hannah was so persistent in prayer. Um, And Hannah desired something. She desired a child. Um, And she just kept praying, you know, she just kept praying and look at what God did through that, you know, and, but she gave that dream to God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important that we give up our dreams to God. So yeah. Oh, yes. Hold out hope and faith and hold out the conviction and purpose that you have. And our, this is another thing that I've just noted as so evident in your life and the way that you lead it is that you are quick to dignify the desires that God puts on your heart instead of squirreling them away like, I don't know, maybe life is just tedious and short. <laughs> And, um, like, maybe it's just all about hard work. And certainly, you know that it is. Like, you've gone through hard times and you show up to work every day just like the rest of us, um, yet with a joyful heart. But you're quick to honor and explore. Uh, this is a desire that I have. I'll pray into it. Maybe maybe I should honor it um, instead of just saying, oh, no, no, not me, I think. <laughs> Um, so that is such a sweet, among the many other sweet things that are so evident in your spirit. I'm so grateful, so grateful for this conversation, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for encouraging all of us. Thank you so much for your faith. Um, it's certainly an example. And yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm ready to go send out some bold emails <laughs> and pray some bold prayers yeah. and smile a lot bigger and just enjoy the gift that it is to know God and to live a life partnered with him, trusting that he does work all things to the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And he can do more, immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine. So thank you for that.
Thank you, Kelsey. Oh, so encouraged. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you ever just sit back and think, Jesus, thank you so much for creating this human? Well, I thought that many, many times throughout this conversation with Elizabeth and many times since. Uh, so, oh gosh, I'm just so grateful. And I really hope that this episode inspired you and deepened your faith as it did for mine um, and really, really encouraged you to pray bold prayers and discern God's calling for your life and lean into him and expect that he will provide. Because as I said in the beginning, it's just so obvious. He doesn't just call the qualified. He qualifies the called and he provides for all of us and all of our needs. Um, and he will make the way for you to live a life that really glorifies him as you desire and pursue um, having a career that is so impactful and serves others in a meaningful way. So I am trusting that for you. And I'm really, really hoping that this in, this podcast encouraged you and helped you along in that journey. Um, so as always, I really hope that you have been immensely blessed and enriched by all the work that goes into this podcast in I would be so, so grateful if you took any one of the following super quick three actions and you can make a really huge impact on someone who comes across this podcast just because you decided to spread the word about it. The first quick action is just go to the homepage of this podcast. And if you're on um, Apple Podcasts, I think that just means going to the see all available episodes, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you will see the place where you could tap the stars just to leave a really quick rating. And then while you're there, the second quick action that you could take is just hit the button right below that that says leave a written review and write a few quick words about what this podcast has meant to you. Um, or maybe if you'd like, you could share what your favorite episode was or what you're up to now in the pursuit of your calling. Um, I would be so encouraged to see that. And also, it is a huge help in letting the listening platforms, any whichever one that you prefer listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from, it lets them know when you leave a review that they should suggest this show to other listeners. Um, but then last and best of all, the other quick action that you can take is just screenshot this episode and text it to a friend or and or <laughs> share it to your stories on Instagram. And just don't forget to tag me at Kelsey underscore the call to career. Otherwise, I don't get to see it and I can't thank you as I would love to do. So until next time, just take those super quick three actions and bless someone's week, hopefully by just sharing this episode and letting them know that this podcast exists and is here and ready to help them as they try to discern their calling and apply that to their careers so that they could, yeah, really make the next couple decades of work ahead um, as meaningful and impactful as possible, all for the glory of God. So until next time, love ya. I'll see you next Tuesday. Adios.